This episode of the Trek Geeks podcast is brought to you by Discovering Trek, a Star Trek Discovery companion. Break down each week's brand new episode of the sixth live-action Star Trek series with us every Monday during the season. To subscribe on your iPhone, Android, or other device, visit our website at discoveringtrek.com. Hi, this is Nana Visitor, Major Kira Norris from Deep Space Nine, and you are listening to the biggest little show this side of the Gamma Quadrant, the Trek Geeks Podcast with Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. Little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant, your independent Star Trek podcast. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Trek Geeks. We're so glad you're here. Thank you for downloading and listening. It means a great deal to us that you're choosing to spend some time with us in your busy day. I say we. You know, I'm sitting in the same room with with this gentleman. He's my co-host. And if I were going to post about him in social media groups on Facebook and make Twitter posts, I guarantee you it would all be negative and how I would not subscribe to him at all. Um, he's Dan Davidson. Dan, uh, I'd say it's a joy to be here, but everyone knows that would be an absolute lie, buddy. <laughs> wow. First of all, you're Bill Smith. Let's tell everybody that. I am. I, <laughs> as usual, I forget to get my name. I'm Bill Smith. He is Dan Davidson. Wow. Well, it, it's great to be here in person with is, you. Is it? It is. Is it? It, it is. Okay. It, it isn't. Um, no, it's uh, thanks for that introduction. It's great. It's kind of funny that you put it that way based on what we're going to be talking about today. Um, but uh, it's good to be here, and I'm very excited to be recording live with Bill Smith here today, even though it's not going to be live when it drops on Tuesday. It's rare to be in the same room for us. We've only done this one other time in this same location in your sister's house. You could say we are live in New Hampshire's Gate City. Yes, we are. Um, uh, for those of you who want to Google that or Wikipedia that, I'm sure you'll come up with the answer. But um, the, the city has, uh, to my recollection, only really been mentioned on the West Wing and in the news, oh. the city where John F. Kennedy began his presidential campaign in 1960. Correct. And um, now the home of uh, of Trek Geeks today, which is very exciting. It's kind of like the Trek Geeks, uh, you know, not outlet, that's the wrong word. Outpost. Aha. Oh, oh, is there going to be an encounter? This is the beta quadrant version of Trek Geeks. Ooh, Ooh, this sounds exciting. We're exploring. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Dan, we're going to be exploring something else today. We're going to talk about discovery, and we want to stress there will be no spoilers in this discussion, Mm -hmm. but we're going to look at the social media landscape for this Star Trek series, because it's the first one in the age of social media. Yes. And... There's been some good stuff. Mm-hmm. There's been some toxic stuff, and I think we're going to talk about the things that uh, that that we like and and quite possibly annoy us. Yes, I think um, as it is the first time that we have been dealing with social media in a Star Trek series that is live 
we've seen things that we really never would have expected to see. And uh, a lot – from my perspective, a lot of it has been very negative, very toxic I think is a great way that you described it. There has been good stuff as well, but it's it's amazing to see some of the stuff that has come out over the course of time since Discovery was actually announced and especially since it has been on the air um, the negativity is somewhat overwhelming at times, and we felt that it was time to, to talk about what we've seen. And like you said, no spoilers. We're not going to talk about anything that happens on any of the episodes. Uh, it will uh, strictly be based on what we're seeing today as we're calling this the social media microscope episode. I like the ring to that. You came up with that. That's that's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I like it. It's a... Uh... So I just wish I didn't have to deliver you compliments in person like this. It's really upsetting to me. I can get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, something else you should be used to by now is giving out our contact information so people can get in touch with us. Maybe give us their uh, their thoughts about discovery and social media or uh, or maybe they want to take us to task on something. How might they get in touch with us, my friend? There are a plethora of ways that people can get in touch with us, Bill. Uh, thank you, El Guapo. Yes, on Twitter, Facebook, Skype, and Instagram. You can find us at Trek Geeks. You can also send us an email at podcast at trekgeeks.com. Or you can call us at 508-784-1701 and leave us a voicemail. You can also do the same thing over at speakpipe.com slash trekgeeks. Or another way that you can do that is by joining the official Camp Kittimer group over on Facebook. As always, there's lots of good discussion over there, mostly positive, I will add. Yeah. It's usually great, great stuff, good pictures uh, that people are sharing. Uh, to join the group, just go right on over to facebook.com slash groups slash Camp Kittimer, and we will get uh, get you right into the group. Heather, Jackie, or Dan will be happy to uh, let you take part in all the fun and frivolity. But, Bill... Yes, Dan. You must remember that any of these comments or messages you leave us in any of these places may be used in a future episode, Bill. <laughs> it's it's really disconcerting to see your face when you make that voice. I, I did that on purpose. If only Drosen could see this, he'd be like, whoa, dude. <laughs> no burgers today. No burgers today. <laughs> Dan, before we go any further, normally we save this stuff till the middle or the end of the show, but we're pretty excited because Halloween was last week. We dropped an episode on Halloween and said – Look, for Trek Tuesday, show us your Star Trek costumes. Mm -hmm. So we had a little Trek booze day, which was not a day where we consume alcohol. Uh, like, yeah, it, was it was boo like go – oh. <laughs> it was boo like ghosts. Right. So um, – but we, 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 got, we got a winner. We got a winner. And we're going to have another winner over at Discovering Trek tomorrow. We're having two winners this week. Or – Today, depending on how you look at it. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> I, I would – yes, that's correct. So we're picking one winner for each podcast. Mm -hmm. They're all going to get something – both going to get something from Fansets. Yes. So why don't you tell us about who got what? Yes. Well, we are very happy to announce – first of all, I'm going to tell you what they've won and then we'll give the name. I love that I idea. I like that. Um, Halloween, we decided to go with five of the creepiest aliens uh, in the collection of pins from our friends over at Fansets. We love them, and they have some good pins and some good alien pins. So the five pins that we selected were the Salt Vampire from the Man Trap. Salt! Yes. The Mugatu. No, that's not yet. Oh, that's, sorry. Go, okay. go. Yeah. The Gorn. Captain. Yeah. Yes. That was very good, Bill. I Thank like you. Uh, a Jem'Hadar soldier. I am a Jem'Hadar. There you go. And a Borg drone. That's my board drone. Okay, great. Um, yes, those five pins, they are all awesome. And we are very excited to announce that Desiree Rogers 
is picking up those five pins. Congratulations, Desiree. We are going to get in touch with you to get all your information so we can get those shipped right out to you. And I guarantee you are going to love them as much as we love them. Oh, that's fantastic. Desiree's so great. You know, uh, we took many a selfie with her at STLV this past year. She, I don't know how many costumes she brought to STLV, but it seemed like every time we saw her, she was in something different. And some of them I didn't even know it was her. I think she had 47. <laughs> That's entirely possible. <laughs> uh, if she's going to outdo herself next year, I, I can't wait to see what it is. But uh, we're very psyched. It's yeah. always great when Trek family wins something from Trek Geeks. Yep. Desiree, we'll absolutely get in touch with you for those pins. And uh, we want to thank Fansets. Uh, you can find them online at fansets.com. Uh, a fan for every set and a set for every fan. That's or it. maybe I've mixed that up. But we love them. Please head out to their website. Check out all their Star Trek pins. Seriously. They've got so many, whether it's you know uh, TOS or, or TNG or Discovery or DS9 or Voyager or Enterprise. They've got them all. Wow. That's a lot of pins. That's a lot of pins. And I, I want them all. I want all of them. Well, I guess you better get a job. I, okay. All right. Dan, it's time for the news from treknews.net. Spanning the Alpha Quadrant. For all the news on all the Star Treks. It's treknews.net. Online at treknews.net. And Dan, before we get into this first story, I do want to just say that we have a bit of a parental advisory for it. This story does contain mature subject matter that may not be suitable for younger listeners. So for any parents listening with their kids, you may want to fast forward a few minutes or maybe even pause and come back to this later. But we're going to talk about a fairly serious topic. Dan, up first, Anthony Rapp made a disclosure this past week that was um, troubling on a variety of levels. And we want to talk about that. Uh, yeah, uh, very troubling, and uh, you know, there's so much that we that we can talk about. This we'll try to keep it as 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 uh, s- less as possible. But unfortunately, uh, turns out that when he was 14 years old, uh, he he came forward and and said that uh, a sexual advance uh, from Kevin Spacey to Anthony Rapp happened when he was just 14 years old uh, at a at at Mr. Spacey's apartment after a party. Um, Quoting from the BuzzFeed article that this uh, came out in, a quote, in an interview with BuzzFeed News, Rapp is publicly alleging for the first time that in 1986, Spacey befriended Rapp while they both performed on Broadway shows, invited Rapp over to his apartment for a party, and at the end of the night, picked Rapp up, placed him on his bed, and climbed on top of him, making a sexual advance. According to public records, Spacey was 26 and Rapp was 14, end quote. I I just I I I am so troubled by this. Um, it's probably good, you know. Anthony has has since made a statement to People Magazine after mm-hmm. that, and I'll I'll read that part now. And he says, "quote I came forward with my story, standing on the shoulders of the many courageous women and men who have been speaking out to shine a light and hopefully make a difference, as they have done for me." The actor said in a statement to People. Quote, everything I wanted to say about my experience is in that article, and I have no further comment about it at this time. End quote. Um, and honestly, he shouldn't have to. You know, we're talking about something that uh, – I'm just going to say, people keep calling it a sexual advance. And I'm sorry, it's attempted child molestation. Yes. Uh, yeah, there's no there's no way around that. It's disgusting. Yes, it is. It's – I I just I, – I stammer for words because I'm uh, – it bothers me that Anthony Rapp 
somebody who by all estimations is probably one of the kindest and nicest mm-hmm. people in Star Trek has had to carry this burden around with him for 30 plus years. Yeah, it's 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 one of the great things about Star Trek is that we have gotten a chance to to see Anthony on Twitter and on social media and of course on the show and we have grown to love this guy like like crazy. Um and then all of a sudden this came out and it was it was just it was like getting kicked in the side of the head when we saw it. One of the things that I found very interesting in the article, because I've also seen some people question this, is, well, how come he's coming out with it now? This happened so long ago. Uh, maybe he's not telling the truth, that type of thing. But one of the things in the article that I liked to read, if you can like anything about what we're talking about, is the reporter did say that he verified with several people that Anthony Rapp has told this story to those people over the years since it happened. So it's not like this is coming out for the first time publicly it is but it's not it's not something that just all of a sudden is is there for people to chew on i i don't doubt it for one second i don't unfortunately there have been plenty of times anthony rapp has told this story and not name dropped who the person was Mm. and uh, i am absolutely okay with him doing it now especially in the wake of the harvey weinstein things because it's shining a light on the really seedy underbelly of the entertainment industry. You know, the things that people have suspected for a long time that, you know, we sort of delude ourselves to believe no longer exist there, you know? Yeah. But they really do because people have this power. Mm-hmm. The Harvey Weinsteins of the world. Somebody like a two-time Oscar winner and a Tony Award winner like Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, nothing has been proven against Kevin True. Spacey. But, um, and certainly he's innocent in theory until proven in a, in a court of law. Or until proving guilty in a court of law. And um, and that's great as far as a legal standard. But um, Kevin Spacey didn't issue a denial. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. He said he, – he, it's not like he said it didn't happen. Uh, we're going to get into that actual statement that he made later on because that in itself is a new level of low and, and disgust. But um, one of the things that we have talked about and a lot of people have been talking about on Twitter and other areas of social media is – that one Star Trek alum has taken a very contradictory and inflammatory stance on what Anthony Rapp revealed to us. He is, and, and quite frankly, I'm disgusted by it. So uh, Star Trek Voyager's Mono Interime, who has previously been a guest on the Trek Geeks podcast, has been really critical of Anthony Rapp in a series of tweets from his verified Twitter account. So you only get verified if they know it's the actual person. Exactly. So he... He runs his own Twitter, as far as we know, and these are tweets that actually went out. And I'm going to read them word for word, okay? Um, because I uh, they they turn my stomach. Uh, first one quote: "Loosen up, America." Hashtag Kevin Spacey not a criminal. We're going to punish people for flirtation now. Hashtag more important things in the world. Hashtag go f yourself. And I I dropped the actual word right. from from my readback. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, apparently, uh, it's flirtation. Yeah. Uh, the second one, quote, Anthony Rapp, he was able to leave before the encounter went any further. Everyone should shut up. This isn't assault. This is just life. 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 Yeah. Uh, tweet number three. Will the Star Trekker stop liking me if I think Albino Kid is a whiner and Kevin Spacey's response is admirable? This isn't assault. Hashtag PC wimp. Oh, man. That's helpful. Yeah. And the last one, uh... Quote, sexual harassment's pretty hard to define. Those who abuse its power deserve to be punished as much as those who harass. Hashtag PC is dangerous. Hashtag crybaby. So, Mono Intereme, 
is essentially saying that, yeah, Kevin Spacey didn't do anything wrong. It was flirtation. And with Anthony Rapp with a 14 year old and yeah. Anthony Rapp is a crybaby. Yeah. And I'll, I'm, I'm going to do uh, Mr. Interimi a favor. And I think you already have done him a favor. He said, stop liking me. If you got a problem with this, guess what? We've stopped liking you. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Done. You know, frankly, I'm disgusted by Mono Interimi's comments. He's an intellectual coward. How can he not understand what the abuse of an underage child is? If he wants to suck up to Kevin Spacey, that's great. But now with even more revelations of mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey's alleged misconduct, he looks like an idiot. Manu's comments were moronic. They were disgraceful. And I will never watch anything he does again. And honestly, we're going to remove his episode of Trek Geeks from our feed so it can never be downloaded again. Kevin Spacey has been accused of attempt of, and I can't stress this enough, child molestation. That's what we're talking about here. For Mono Interamia to be okay with that, I am absolutely stunned and speechless. The worst part of this is that Spacey has used his non-apology to Anthony Rapp to pretty much come out. And that's equally as disgusting to me, Dan, as if these two events were somehow equivalent on the spectrum. You know, I'm a huge House of Cards fan. I've, I've, I've watched it and rewatched it. I mean, you know, I'm a big politics nerd, or at least I used to be. And I will never watch that series again. I'm elated that Netflix has canceled it because Kevin Spacey doesn't deserve it. He's an executive producer of that show. So even if it continued without him, he would still make money from it as an EP. So I am glad it's gone. I am glad also that Anthony Rapp is using his voice and detailing what he suffered through. And you know, while I am so terribly, terribly sad that he's been living with this for for decades, I am glad that he's been courageous and shown a light on this misconduct because it will help others. His courage is is without le- uh, without measure, and Mr. Spacey's cowardice is to use the LGBT community as a shield for what he did as an excuse to now come out. I think that the way that that statement was worded was one of the most cowardice things I have ever read, especially from someone in the entertainment industry or someone that has a voice. He's got a voice. Mm-hmm. And the unfortunate thing is – that is going to work for some people. They're going to look at it as, oh, he's coming out. That's great. Yay. And, it, you know, great. He's using it as a shield to what actually happened in the 80s with what he did to a 14-year-old boy. Well, apparently it's okay with Mono Interame. Exactly. Yep. Uh, it's just it, – it's real. and I'll tell you what. I'm right there with you. I loved House of Cards, past tense. I have not started this current season that's on Netflix, and I won't be starting it. And um, I feel bad for the people that are involved in that show yes. that are not involved with what happened with Kevin Spacey or what he has done since and has been alleged to have done since. Those people are going to suffer for this moronic act. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it's real. I really feel bad for those folks. Yeah. I mean, it's it's disgusting. This, this isn't about flirtation. This isn't about a sexual advance. No. This is about somebody trying to have sex with a child. And it's it's disgusting. Well, people say, well, what about all the other accusations of rape that actresses make? And I agree. Yeah. Those are something that should absolutely absolutely be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. I don't care, you know, uh, who it's uh, who the accusation is against. It needs to be investigated and dealt with because that culture cannot and should not exist. Right. But Anthony Rapp had the courage to come forward. Mm-hmm. He had the courage to name Kevin Spacey. And so that's where we are. Right. I can only hope that it it makes other people step forward and say, you know what? Uh, this happened to me and it was so-and-so because yeah. it's time to, you know, sunlight is the best disinfectant. Let's drag all these bastards out into the sunlight. Absolutely. 
Amen, man. The other thing that I found very uh, disturbing, as I said, like everything in this is is not disturbing, right? Um, Oh, I don't remember that it happened, but if it did happen, then I owe him an apology. Or if it did happen, if it did happen, I was drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse. And and, and I owe him an apology. Unbelievable. I'm not, I'm not proffering one at this time. Yeah. But I owe him an apology. Unbelievable. Yeah. Dan, let's move on to lighter things. Yes. Because we could probably talk about this for a while. Okay. Um, uh, there is other news in the Star Trek community and it's, uh, it's things to be happy about. I'm so <laughs> you are happy. Uh, Dan, on a lighter note, there is some news from our friends at Fansets. Um, not just that we gave away some of their stuff, but they got even more stuff coming. They always have more stuff coming. And the stuff that comes out is awesome. First of all, if you haven't checked it out, go over to episodepins.com. We haven't really talked about that here. Oh, my God, yeah. The episodic pins for Star Trek Discovery. Just go there. We're not going to say anything else about it because it's Discovery related. That's right. Go check them out. But for those of you that just want new pins... Their Star Trek Discovery pin collection just came out with Series 3, and they are available for you now at fansets.com. And they include awesomeness such as the Klingon sarcophagus ship, (laughs) Tyler Ash. Ash Tyler. Ash, oh, I wrote Tyler Ash because I'm a goof. <laughs> that's, that's what happens when you're typing fast before I know, you right? record. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, Ash. Um, Laurel. Oh. Yes. Dr. Culber in his medical whites. I love the medical whites. Love the medical whites. Love the medical whites. And Cole. Oh, (laughs) team Cole for life, baby. (laughs) Yes, they are ready now. Go check them out. And hey, if you happen to listen to Discovering Trek, there might be a code for a special discount available over there. So you might want to go listen to us. That's true. Every single week, there is a special discount code for money off your order with fansets. So go listen to Discovering Trek. Get that week's code because it does expire mm-hmm, at, it does. at some certain point. Yes. But spoiler alert, there's a new code every week. Yes. So go get some fansets online at fansets.com. And Dan, lastly in news, as this episode drops, it will be Tuesday, November 7th. And Dan, that means in less than one week, we'll be watching the final episode of our beloved Star Trek Continues. Wow, that's not really a lighter note, is it? Um. So it depends on how you look at well, it. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know? Yeah. To boldly go, part two is going to be available to everyone on Monday, November 13th. And as Bill mentioned, this is the last episode of this amazing series. Um, you know, we're so excited to see what's going to happen in this part two. Uh, but at the same time, I know I'm very sad that uh, it's going to be the last episode with the amazing folks from Star Trek Continues. So um, you can bet, Bill. And everyone that we're going to be talking about to boldly go part two probably pretty soon. And I'm guessing we're going to have a certain starship captain on with us to talk about it as well. I think the odds of that are pretty good. That would be his record eighth Eighth. appearance. Wow. Um, Yeah. So to boldly go part two, you know, it's a it's a happy, sad time. Uh, I'm excited to see how the story resolves. I'm, I'm excited that our Star Trek family at Star Trek continues get to share with the world. You know, how they, they finally finished telling the story. But I, I, I'm i a little misty-eyed that it's over. I won't lie. Um, I suspect that many Star Trek fans over all over the world will feel the same way. Yes. I know um, to when, when those to-be-concluded words flashed across the screen with the last episode, it was just amazingly exciting and at the same time amazing. amazingly sad at the, at, the, at the same time at the same time. At the same time? 
<laughs> well, we can't wait to see it. And, um, of course, we can't wait to hear what everybody thinks about it. So uh, uh, come on, join Camp Kedmer, like we said earlier. Or uh, get, We can't wait to hear your thoughts on To Boldly Go Part 2. So let us know. So, Dan, in this age of social media, there's been a lot of Star Trek Discovery talk, and we're going to discuss some of that today. You know, floating around the interwebs, whether it's a Twitter or Facebook or pick your social media platform of choice, there's been a buzzword bingo card. Mm. And for those who don't know what the concept of buzzword bingo is, you know, I think it originated in the business world where all kinds of business phrases that people hear in meetings would be put on this card, you know, as a sort of a joke. You know, things like uh, paradigm shifting mm. or low-hanging fruit or at the end of the day. Phrases like that that like have sort that. of permeated business, you know, and, and get overused. Outside of the box. Out oh, outside no. the box thinking. Yeah, that's another one. Um, and somebody has – I don't know. We don't know who because it's – I've seen it so many places. Has taken essentially a lot of the negative comments for Star Trek Discovery that appear in Facebook <laughs> and Twitter – and put them in a buzzword bingo card because they're that ludicrous, you know? And we're going to talk about some of those today. I think we're going to pick some of these topics at random okay. and discuss how we feel about them. I like but that. Let's start first with our perception of discovery as it pertains to social media. Let me ask you this. Do you participate in much discovery discussion outside of Camp Kittimer? My dogs do. <laughs> well, people, you may or may not hear dogs upstairs in the living room. Um <laughs> If you do, just know that they are Star Trek fans, too. If you don't, you can just pretend that they're barking. Right. Yes, um, I do. I do um, watch what's going on with different groups on Facebook with Discovery as well as Twitter. I like to get – because I'm going to be upfront. First of all, it is no secret that you and I absolutely love Discovery to a degree unlike we may not have seen in the past with, with some Star Trek series. It is just – Spectacular. Well, that's because we're paid CBS shills, don't you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I say that in joking. We are not paid no, CBS shills. But we, when when there are issues with the show and things we may or may not like, we'll point them out. But we love it, and we love telling people that we love it. So on Camp Kittimer, like you mentioned, we have a lot of people uh, in the group, and the high percentage of people love Discovery. But there are groups out there where people do not. So I like to get it. To see what's happening on both ends of the spectrum, just to see some of the crazy talk that's going out there, uh, that's going on out there. So I do follow in, in, in different areas. Do you engage at all? No, I do not. Why? Because a, I feel that I, I guess selfishly, we have two podcasts and we like to talk about stuff on the podcast. And getting involved in some of these discussions on social media can sometimes get really uh, personal in terms of insults and stuff like that. I don't want to do that with anybody. I want to get that low. I don't want to, you know, get pissed off at someone and say something that I don't want to say. And I don't want to, selfishly, I don't want to lose listeners listeners who may be on Facebook that get upset with something I say about something on, on Facebook in writing. I'd rather talk about things on the show. So I don't, I don't get involved in a lot of the uh, back and forth. I will sometimes, maybe to just throw in something, but very, very, very random, seldomly. I can understand that. I I don't engage because honestly, I'm tired. Yes. You know, I, I I've seen so much of it. I've heard so much of it, 
And I just, I can't deal with it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it strikes me as people just being negative for the sake of being negative. You know, if they want to come up with something constructive, great. Tell, tell me why you don't like that it. That is the key. Don't just say it sucks because yep. it's Discovery and it's on CBS All Access. Yep, exactly. So we're looking at this buzzword bingo card. There's <laughs> some good stuff on I know. I know. <laughs> well, okay. So why don't you, uh, why don't you go ahead and pick one at random, and uh, and we'll talk about it. It's I a- refuse to pay for this. Oh, the center square. <laughs> All right, so it's a five-by-five five card, and the center square is I refuse to pay for this, and it's in bigger and bolder letters than the rest. <laughs> and that does tie into some of the other slots on this card. Yes, it does. But let's talk about this. I refuse to pay for this. I am, I am sick to death. Oh. Well, it's not on free TV, so I'm not I'm not going to pay for it. CBS is holding Star Trek Ransom. That's my favorite excuse. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay, so spoiler alert. Unless you were watching Star Trek over the air using an antenna, say on H&I, yeah. your favorite channel, mm-hmm. then you are paying somebody to watch Star Trek. And guess what? If you are watching it over an antenna, chances are you bought the antenna. well okay let's assume though for a moment let's assume he came with a house okay all right pay for the house but (laughs) but i'm talking about just accessing star trek Mm -hmm. if you pay for a cable subscription you are paying a middleman for that content exactly because you know they they get licensed to display that content you know there's an access fee that cable companies right you know deal with but you're paying somebody it's not on free tv if it's on cable because you're paying for the television. What's the phrase? Nothing in life is free. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. The, the one that I, the, the thing that I like about this one is because you, you, you're damn sure that people are making fun of some of these comments online. And I've oh, seen yeah. them. My favorite meme these days, I refuse to pay for this, this new Star Trek. And the picture that they're using for this meme is a room full of Star Trek merchandise. Oh, I've used that one myself. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's, it's great. It's literally wall-to-wall, floor-to-ceiling, nothing but Star Trek toys and merch. Yep. And it's like, oh, I refuse to pay $6 a month to watch Star Trek. And, you know, it's people complain about that meme, but it is so spot on. It is. We will I, – I know people who pay hundreds, maybe even $1,000 to go to Star Trek Las Vegas and vacation for mm-hmm. the week. Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe more. Yep. And don't want to pay the $6 for CBS All Access. I don't get it. Or we'll buy DVDs or yeah. Blu-rays yeah. or you know, whatever. And it just it, – it truly boggles my mind. If we're going to support the franchise, that doesn't that also mean that you're willing to support it this way too? Sure. I know I get there are some very uh, special cases where people cannot afford CBS All Access. Mm-hmm. Those people who are on a, a tight budget, those mm-hmm. people who are really living from paycheck to paycheck and have no extravagances. I understand that. I grew up that way. Mm-hmm. I get it. But those are not the majority of the people who are complaining. I agree. And when you break it down even further, and again, not taking in consideration for those people that are in an unfortunate situation where it really is a struggle, it's six ninety nine a month for CBS All Access. Four episodes a week, or four episodes a month, rather. What was that? Two two dollars and ten cents an episode for cinematic television. 
That's pretty much that's a pretty good bargain. Plus, you're getting every CBS show. I mean, we could go on and on about the reasons why it is affordable. And if we wanted to break down the cost of what everything would watch if you watched X number of shows every month, it could get really, really inexpensive. This is not an excuse to not watch Star Trek Discovery. This is an excuse to bitch about something. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. You know, it's you can go to the movies mm. and easily spend with movie tickets. And let's say you get. I don't know, popcorn and a drink or, I don't know, snow caps and a drink. And there's two of you. You can easily spend close to 50 bucks these days yep. for a night out. And that doesn't count if you have a sitter. That doesn't count uh, anything else. Right. And that is more expensive than paying for CBS All Access for the entire season of Star Trek Discovery. Exactly. Even if you would decide to wait till the end and binge it all at once, still less expensive for CBS All Access. I agree. So at this point... It's just about, like you said, wanting to complain about something. Yep. It happens. I complain about you all the time. All the time. Speaking of you, Bill. Yes. I want you to pick one of these things out of this card. Let's talk about another topic because there's a lot of them. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, uh, I think probably the one that uh, that, that I want to pick <laughs> is um, this one. This betrays the philosophy of Star Trek. I And begin. Um, did you ever watch Deep Space Nine, people? <laughs> you know, <laughs> your face is great. <laughs> it's like people have never watched anything but the you. first two seasons of the original series. <laughs> this betrays the philosophy of Star Trek. Um, and can I put a little amendment to that? Yeah, go right ahead. This betrays the philosophy of Gene Roddenberry's Star Trek, which was there even one? That's another thing. Okay, so I can believe that the Gene had goals in creating the original series. The first of which was to get paid. Fair statement? Absolutely. Um, that's not to say that was his only driving force. Gene clearly wanted to create a show that portrayed a better future about humanity, gave us hope. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, he was creating a network television series as the, the executive producer. And let's be honest – he got paid a tidy sum to do it. He got paid a tidy sum to do it. And at the time he was doing it, he wasn't worried about establishing canon oh, or no. all of that. So, and and as you said, after the second season, you could argue pretty well that it wasn't this quote unquote philosophy at all. You know, we, we talk about Gene's vision like the phrase should be trademarked. And usually when I type mm -hmm. it, that's how I type it. Yes. Gene's vision TM. But largely, Gene's vision relied on a whole bunch of people who poured their heart and soul into Star Trek. People like Gene Kuhn, mm -hmm. people like Bob Justman, people like Herb Solo, yeah. you know, and everybody else, all the creatives who worked behind the scenes and all the actors on set. It wasn't just Gene's vision. It was a confluence of things that came together to create something that was canceled. Exactly. And they didn't find its legs until afterward when people could see it in syndication mm -hmm. every night of the week and got it. This betrays the f the philosophy of Star Trek. Why? Because it's not doing an Alien of the Week show? Because it's not going from planet to planet? You know, here's what I'd like somebody who says this. Here's – okay. So let's say you're saying it. Phil, okay. you say to me. Say it. Uh, this betrays the philosophy of Star Trek. Tell me what the philosophy of Star Trek is. What the exact philosophy of Star Trek is. What is it? It's, Hello? <laughs> it's, it's open to interpretation. Thank, thank you. But here's what people will default to. Well, Star Trek's about hope. Star Trek's about a brighter future. And Discovery's dark. It's about war. 
okay, don't you hope they win the war? Don't you hope that this war causes them to get to the point that we saw in Gene's vision 10 years later with Kirk and Spock? You know, we're dealing with a Starfleet that is having to make very un-Starfleet-like choices Mm -hmm. to ensure their survival. Right. You know, to create a future for which there is something to hope for. And I don't think that betrays Gene's vision, quote unquote. I don't think that betrays the philosophy of Star Trek because, you know, we were in aggressive stances with the Klingons during the original series until we got to Organia. (laughs) You know, there was always the threat of war with the Klingons in the original series until Mm then. Yep. And the Organian said, uh, yeah, that's enough of that, guys. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Our weapons are hot. Ooh. You know, I, it's, it's – there is hope in Discovery. A lot of hope. And the thing that, that I come back to, and people have taken me to the task for this on social media, go figure, is that if you don't see the hope in Discovery, in my opinion, it's because you don't want to. Whether you're being intellectually dishonest about it or whether you just want to complain – there is hope in Star Trek Discovery, and and it's it's fantastic. Right. You know what one really aggravates me? You just <laughs> – I know what words you were going to use, and thank you for choosing different ones. Go ahead. Orville is better. Oh, God. <laughs> now, I will say this. I will say this. I have not watched more than five minutes of the Orville, so I can't say whether Orville's better or not. I'm guessing it probably isn't based on what we think of Discovery. I watched a few minutes of the opening show of the Orville, the first episode during the hurricane in Florida back in September. It was a scene that they were being chased by aliens who looked just like the Jem'Hadar, and the Orville was doing loops around the starship, the enemy starship. And I'm like, okay, I can't watch this. I can't get into this. I have heard people say a lot since – that the show has gotten good, but at the beginning, before any show, either show really took off or started, oh, Orville's better. Yeah. I've seen the first six episodes of the Orville. Okay. And I stopped. Okay. Because I kept hoping for it to get better. Now, I, I want to say that I know plenty of people who love the Orville and love Discovery at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's fine. Yes. You know, I know plenty of people who love the Orville and don't like Discovery. That's your choice. I know plenty of people who love Discovery and hate the Orville. That's me. Yeah. Because I, I don't find the Orville to be original. People are using it as – people are attempting to say that it's a substitute for Star Trek. But I prefer my Star Trek to be actual Star Trek and not contain genitalia jokes. Yes. Yeah. I prefer my Star Trek to but be serious. That's not Gene's vision. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I – um. Uh, the Orville, you know, I get the I get the nostalgia behind it. It brings back sort of the '90s Trek. Mm-hmm. Okay, great, that's fine. Um, Seth MacFarlane, as much as great as he is on Family Guy, yep. is not a great actor. And he's a huge Star Trek fan, so I can see he. I mean, he's got more money than <laughs> we'll ever see, so he can do what he wants. And he wanted to do this show that he could show his love of Star Trek, and 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 it is his. What's the word? Vision? (laughs) Vision. To his love of Star Trek. He's been in Star Trek. He was in Star Trek Enterprise. He was. Um, But for this particular discussion point to come out before the shows even started or after the first show, that is a completely legless argument in my opinion. Uh, Well, first off, congratulations to everybody working on the Orville because they just got uh, approval for season two. Mm -hmm. It has been renewed. So that's great. Yeah. 
to fans of the Orville, I'm sure it's fine. But to say the Orville is better is just – it's just spoiled grapes. or Sorry, spoiled milk, sour grapes. And it's, Mixing it's, my metaphors. It's so vague. It's better than what? Okay. Breaking Bad is better. You know – Well, they're, they're specifically saying that the Orville is better than Discovery. Discovery. Yeah. And many of them were saying that without even having watched Discovery. Exactly. Um, so I just I, – I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many good things um, on here. Well, let me pick another one from the buzzword bingo card. Well, you know, Dan, I've been a fan since – Bingo. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah. I got bingo. You know, I've seen a number of comments online in many groups, many tweets – I've been a fan since the original series and blah, blah, blah. And then insert another phrase from this card. Uh, this betrays the philosophy of Star Trek. This should, you know, this isn't Gene's vision. Um, you name it. Subtitles. Those uh, aren't Klingons. Those aren't Klingons, <laughs> which may be another one we get to. Yes. But, you know, pinned at the top of my Twitter is a tweet that I wrote last year sometime. And it's a good, it's a good, it's a thank good quote. You. I like thank it. Thank you. And, um, for those who haven't seen it, my, my Twitter handle is at TrekGeekBill. It's pretty easy to find and pinned right at the top. And I retweet this occasionally. I wrote it on April 21st, 2016. So well over a year ago, a year and a half ago. And it says this. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Everyone who loves something about Star Trek is a real fan. No one defines your fandom but you. If you've loved the original series since the beginning, fantastic. That, that's uh, Awesome. You know, uh, I've loved it since the 1970s, 1975 to be exact. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm not exactly, you know, I'm almost 10 years behind it, but that's based on when I was born. True. It doesn't make me any less of a fan because I came to Star Trek in the 70s. It doesn't make somebody who came to Star Trek during the TNG era any less of a fan. It doesn't make somebody who came to Star Trek in the Kelvin timeline movies any less of a fan because right. it's within the last 10 years. The fact is they love something about Star Trek and that means they're a fan and their fandom is just as valid as somebody who watched Star Trek on the September 8th, 1966. Right. In addition to your quote, one of my other favorite quotes comes from our great friend, Heather Barker over from Disco Trek and Shore Leave. Great friend over at STLV. This Trek or wh whichever Trek we put in, is somebody's first trek. That means a lot. Mm -hmm. It means a lot to me, and that my first trek was TOS. Right. Um, I think that is a great, a great positive way to look at things. And she's absolutely right. And that's part of the reason why I get frustrated with reading some of these things, because this is somebody's first trek. Point out the positive. Let them know what they're in for, what the ride is going to be like. Don't start bashing it right off the top. These people are going to get, you know, disenfranchised like that. That's right? good. That's pretty good. Um, but your quote is your, – I, your, I love your quote, man. I, I actually, from time to time when I'm on Twitter and I'm going to try to find something that I can't find uh, on on my page, I usually can find it on yours and I see that pinned tweet all the time. Uh, people retweet it at least a couple of times a month because they, they discover it and they're like, yeah. My problem with the whole I've been a fan since argument is that it – tries to put somebody in the position of being a greater fan than somebody else. And that's just – that's intellectually dishonest. Mm -hmm. 
that is just that's gatekeeping at the highest level. Yeah, that's you can't have this thing because it's mine, and I get to decide what it is. Well, no, I'm sorry, right. you don't. You're a fan of it. Yep. You get to enjoy the next iteration. How many franchises have been around for over fifty years? <laughs> James Bond. No. Superman. No. Batman. Batman. Star Trek. Lone Ranger. Spider Man. Um, it's probably close. Lone Ranger. Wow. Sixties, <laughs> I think. But let's just start with those five. Yeah. Well, actually, let's let's start with the first the first four. Okay. Um, Batman, Superman, Lone Ranger, and um, James Bond. Okay. How many times have those franchises had different iterations? How many times have those franchises pivoted and told stories and retold stories? Mm. Countless. I've lost count. Yep. How many? Uh, how many James Bonds have there been? Oh God. Six. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> and they rebooted the whole thing with uh, Daniel Craig. Yeah. How many Batman origin stories have we seen in the comics, <laughs> in the movies, in the cartoons? Endless numbers. Right. How many Superman origin stories have we seen mm-hmm. that change things, whether it's TV or movies or, you know, uh, the comics the themselves? Comics themselves, yeah. You know, and does that make people who love uh, one iteration of Superman or Batman a bigger fan than somebody else? Yeah. No. Did you ever see uh, anybody start getting on their high horse and complaining this this isn't Christopher Reeves Superman you know yeah I mean or Daniel Craig I, I I will say I love Daniel Craig as James Bond I don't remember this type of vitriol about having James Bond be a different actor I remember debate when Daniel Craig was announced and somebody said James Bond doesn't have blonde hair <laughs> or James Bond uh, uh, should sound like Sean Connery ah yes greetings Highlander oh my gosh that's for Norman. Lyle. It's like it's like when they turned Thor into a woman in the comic book series. Don't or, remember a lot of what we see with Discovery when stuff like that happened because it's not a big deal. Or, or the or the IDW versions of the Kelvin timeline <laughs> where they they gender shifted everybody, which yeah. I thought were fantastic. Yes, absolutely. You know, I just well, a <laughs> I all I can do now at this point is laugh. Laugh. Yep. Because I think these arguments are so ludicrous i got one. <laughs> oh, well lay it on me brother and this one this one is not only just stupid it, it, it and i will say it, this one pisses me off i i think i know i i've got a guess as to which one it is and i'll yeah. tell you if i'm right or wrong after you tell me okay. what it is they're forcing the gay on us bill no that's not what i thought it was <laughs> that is just so stupid oh i'll tell you what if you're gonna ride that train please don't stop in my town <laughs> Please don't ride the train. Yeah. You get off the train. Yeah. What train? Blow up the train. That's not what this train is about. God almighty. Last I checked, Star Trek was about diversity. Yep. Star Trek was about inclusion. IDIC. Yeah. Yeah. Infinite diversity and infinite combinations. Yep. Um, Star Trek was about a better future where everybody was treated equal. Yep. Um, I think that those people might have missed that memo. And by the way, that was Gene's vision. <laughs> <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, I mean, th- that kind of was the vision. Yeah. You know, on one level, you know, we don't worry about these petty things. Petty, exactly. Because people are people. Yep. You know, if if that's that's what you want to do, take your bigotry elsewhere. Because I just, I don't want to hear it. Oh, I don't. And you know what? One of the things that we love about Star Trek, and I know it worked for me when I went through my dark time, I needed an escape. I needed to go someplace where I didn't have those petty things and that bigotry. And it hasn't changed. It's still the same for Discovery. There's no forcing of anything. And if you are thinking that way, you know what? 
Don't complain about it on social media. Just don't watch it. Leave us alone. Yeah. Because we don't want to hear it. And we love what they're doing. Go back to your Blu-rays and your Netflix and watch the Star Trek you want to watch. And just don't interact with the rest of us who are happy to see humanity portrayed in a positive light. Hallelujah. You know? Um, here's one of my favorites. And is this, this is one, one I see. I was going to do? Uh, it is. <laughs> okay. This is one that I see every day even still. And it drives me insane. And it's this. Uh, this series should be set after Voyager. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Why? Hello? Knock, knock. <laughs> because Star Trek's about looking forward <laughs> and going into the future. That's why. It's not about going backwards. You know, I will <laughs> I will say this. Go, you know, working with you every week sometimes can be taken as, as going backwards, but I'm not going to talk about that right now. Oh, thank you. <laughs> How magnanimous. I know that I know that there have been some people that voiced that concern. When Enterprise came out, yes, I was and, one of them. Yeah, and and I was as well. It's it's like okay, that oh wow, we've never seen these people before. We never saw Doctor Flox's race before. So, you know, there are people that have said, you know, it would be great if this took place after Voyager because there wouldn't be retcon. Right. So what if there is retcon? I, I I'll tell you what, I like the retcon that we're seeing right now in Discovery. More than I did the retcon we saw in Enterprise. These writers in the writer's room are phenomenal. They are Trek fans to the nth degree. And they know what they're doing. And they are making sure that what they put into these stories is going to be something that we are not going to jump and bite their heads off as not being correct or accurate or something that wouldn't make sense because a mistake because in TOS episode 27 this was blah 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 <laughs> they're doing the right things so i don't have a problem with it being where it is was i a little nervous when they said when it was going to be yeah probably you always got that little nervous feeling but again with a lot of these things on the bingo card now that the show is in its eighth episode stuff has progressed I don't think you'd make these comments now if you watched the show with an open mind and saw what they're doing is being done in a very good way. Well, you know, that, it, and it's not like you were saying Enterprise was worse or bad. No, no, not at all. It just, um, it was, it was different. It was different. You know, it was the first time we had something like that. That's right. Yeah. You know, you figure for, for three spinoffs, because next gen DS9 and Voyager are all spinoffs of yes. TOS. It was the first one that jumped back in time. Mm hmm. And I, and I get why you felt the way because I was like, we're going backward, but it's going to look newer than mm -hmm. TOS. Oh, yes. Okay, that's fine. Uh, because I subscribe to the belief that Star Trek can tell great and engaging stories about humanity in the science fiction vein in any era. Right. The novels, the novels have been doing it for decades. Mm -hmm. People today, like, like, David Mack and Dayton Ward oh, and yes. Kevin Dilmore yes. and others, uh, Kirsten Beyer, who's working on Discovery, mm -hmm. and so many others have written stories that have taken place uh, all throughout Star Trek, right. all throughout our quote-unquote future. Mm -hmm. And they're all fantastic. Yes. We're going to get into one of them in a second because of one of these other comments on the video. <laughs> but – so so why can't television do the same thing? Why must television be constrained or put in a box? Uh, because some fans think that it always has to go forward mm -hmm. 
Why can't it jump back to a different timeline? Why can't it jump back in between Enterprise and TOS? Well, it's going to look more futuristic than TOS. Well, it might look futuristic in some ways, but the design element still looks incredibly retro. TOS still looks more futuristic Mm -hmm. than some of the ships on Discovery in in many ways. What's the term? Uh, Monday morning quarterback. Yeah. I have never seen more Star Trek morning quarterbacks or Monday morning start, whatever it is. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. These people could do it all better. They know exactly the way it should be done. And everybody who's doing it right now is wrong. That's sometimes what I feel these people are doing. And it's kind of, I, I, for one, I'm not obviously in the Star Trek writers room. I would love to talk to them and see how they, what they feel and, and, and stuff when they have to read some of these things. Does it make them mad? Does it disappoint them? Does it make them feel that they're not being appreciated? I'd, or do they ignore it because they know there's no way that they can avoid it? I would love to find out what those people think because uh, I, I, for one, if, if any of you are listening, I, I love what you're doing. Um, and I think the, one of the other things I wanted to bring up, a small tangent, these negative aspects of what we see on social media, how many times have we said it? The smallest mi- minority is the loudest. Yeah. I think the amount of people that love Discovery far outweighs the people that don't. And I think that that's obvious in the fact that it's been renewed for mm-hmm. a second season already. Record numbers of subscribers to CBS All Access. Which I, I'm very happy about. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately it means more Star Trek. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'm I'm happy. And Twilight Zone. Uh, <laughs> and a new, a new iteration of the toy. Oh, my, my, I just kicked the table because I had a leg twitch and Way I'm to sorry go. about that. Way to go, genius. <laughs> um, let's, uh, let's talk about a, a different one. Um, is it your turn? It's your turn, actually. Oh, it's my turn. Yeah. Oh, it's right. I forgot. Yes. Um, <laughs> here's another one. STD. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> it. That is a knee slapper. I'll oh, tell you. my. People who think they're being so funny. Funny, funny. By calling Star Trek Discovery STD. Um, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> because of, of the juvenile yeah. uh, abbreviation. Yeah. When the official abbreviation from the network is DSC for Discovery. Right. Just as, you know, no Star Trek series has had ST in the abbreviation mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. None. PNG, DS9, VOY, Well, ENT. actually, the official Voyager abbreviation is VGR. VGR, that's right. Yep. According to... Yep. That's right. It's wrong in one place on StarTrek.com. Mm-hmm. But if you talk to Larry Nemechek or even people at CBS, they will say the official abbreviation yep. is VGR. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's so funny to call it STD. I guess, I guess when you don't have really any argument to stand on, you got to stoop to a level like that. Well, that's it. It's about trying to, it's about trying to take the, the Star Trek product down and making yourself look a little bit superior. Mm. Now for some people, I'm sure it's just about the yuck. I get it. (laughs) But for others, it's like, oh yeah, it's STD. How stupid. (laughs) Um, no, 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 it's not. No, because it's not right. No. Oh, well. What do you got? All right. Yeah, we talked about the the novels a minute ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what, Bill? I don't like Discovery. You know why? Why? They should all be dressed like Captain Pike. <laughs> I was just looking at that one. <laughs> Do you, uh, you know, people got to think, we talked about it a little earlier, think outside the box. Do you think that there might be a reason for that? Mm-hmm. Now, even though not official canon, the novels are not official canon. And David Mack has stressed this on Twitter several times. That's correct. About his amazing 
novel, which is the first Discovery tie-in, Desperate Hours. Yep, which I'm listening to. I'm listening to the audiobook right now. Oh, who's doing it? Um, nobody associated with the franchise. Okay. I'm reading it, so I'm reading it in my own voice. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, that's got to suck. Uh, yeah, great. Thanks. Um, okay. They have explanations, or, or Mr. Mac has explanations for a lot of the things that people are questioning, including why are the uniforms different? So people have ideas, and they're ideas that actually make sense. So my advice is don't bash something until there's a reason to bash it, and there's no reason to bash it. There really is no reason no. to bash it. Constitution class starships have different uniforms. Well, because they were their own special program, yes. right? They were the they were the five year yep. mission. Mm-hmm. They were the ones going further and more boldly than anyone has gone before. Absolutely, you know, and it makes perfect sense. It does make sense. You know, I I think it's fantastic. Do and the, the book is the book is wonderful. Oh, it's great. David Mack writes such great novels. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what era it's in. You know, it doesn't matter what the story is. The the Vanguard series, which a number of authors traded off on, including Dayton Ward and David yep. Mack, phenomenal. His Mirror Universe books that you yes, pointed me toward. love them. Uh, David Mack's Mirror Universe books are amazing. Yep. They, sh- they should be canon. Yes, they should. Oh, I agree. Let me ask you a question. The United yep. States Armed Forces. Yes. Do they all wear the same uniforms? Or they, do different branches have different uniforms? Different mm. branches, um, I believe, have different mm. uniforms. But this is one branch, Dan. It's Starfleet. Well, you know, no. No. <laughs> Not to mention there are, there are different uniforms within each branch of the service, whether it's, you know, duty uniforms or True. casual uniforms. Now, granted, I've never served. You've nope. never served. Nope, never. We know plenty of people who have. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's things. Well, there's explanations. And that's the thing. We talked about it already. The writers have explanations for a lot of this stuff. One of the things that we saw at STLV um, when they had uh, a, a – group of actors a lot of the, uh, the klingon app mary chifo and and um cole uh kev uh kevin mitchell uh were up there um we're talking about is they have explanations for the look of the klingons mm-hmm. i didn't want to steal your thunder if you were going to go with that one next but nope. there are there are reasons for the way that things are being done and said so we're not going to talk about those in fact nope. we're not even going to go into depth on that topic we're just gonna let that one hang out there yes. If you're watching Discovery, you know, fantastic. If you're not, then just know that we're told that there's a reason why. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it'll be all will all will be revealed. Wow. I know. Isn't that great? That's very nice. Um, is it, uh, it's your turn. It's my turn. I kind of took two there. You, you really kind of did. Sorry. Uh, thanks. Sorry. Jerk. <laughs> um, here's another one of my favorites. Uh, this is clearly a reboot. I don't know why CBS just isn't admitting it. <laughs> I, yeah, it's a reboot. <laughs> yeah. This is the Kelvin timeline. <laughs> it's a reboot. Yeah. Um, no. No. Everybody involved has said this is prime timeline all the yeah. way. Yeah, but you know what, Bill? They also said that that um, Benedict wasn't going to be con, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my pouty face voice, by the way. I know. It was pretty ugly. <laughs> yeah. You're not only an ugly crier, you're an ugly talker. Um, uh, it's not a reboot. It's just, it's not. There is so much evidence out there, and anyone who says it's a reboot just has no idea. No, none at all. Uh, it's not. No. It's just, it's not. No. It's not. And, and here's the funny thing. They actually think that CBS is lying to us when they say that it is not a reboot. No, they're lying. It is. <laughs> 
Well, it's got to be. First of all, why, why would they even bother lying? But I just, it just doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I'm going to let you go for a second one, though, because I took two last time. I know. So you can go again. All right. I'm going to go again. Let's see. Because I'm going to give the last one after you. Actually, I like this one. It's kind of a good one. It's yeah, actually yeah. One. <laughs> Section 31. <laughs> <laughs> well, but even in the first episode of Discovering Trek, we talked about how that could be yeah. a possibility. I still don't think it, it is. I don't anymore. I don't anymore. I did at first, and there were things that, oh, my God, all these things are going on. Like, oh, I don't want to give spoilers, no, you can't. so I can't. You can't. Yeah. But I feel like there were little hints of things, mm -hmm. but I don't know. I mean, it's no secret that the registry number of the discovery yes. is NCC 1031. Yep. I don't think they would be so blatant. in your face, blatant to go, oh, 31. organization. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a secret organization. Nobody knows who the members are, but yeah, they travel around in a ship that's got 31 on the hull. I actually thought that. <laughs> so did I. So did I. Yeah. And it, it, that doesn't. That's not the case. I will say that for me, that's kind of a fun one. And we've talked about a lot of these being negative ones. I kind of think that one's a fun one of all the discussion going on on, on social media. But it's the same one as the Mirror Universe one. Exactly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. it's obviously not the Mirror Universe. None of the ships have ISS on the hull. <laughs> oh, I didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. Um I see. I I can't say anything without giving away spoilers, and this is a spoiler-free episode. So you know, go watch it. <laughs> so I'm going to bring up my last one. Yes. Okay. And uh, the only comment I'll have to make is, uh, well, you'll you'll hear what it is, and it's this. Well, you know, it's obvious now why CBS sued Axonar. <laughs> and my comment to this is is the following. <laughs> Wait a minute, what's Axonar? Uh, anyway, so Dan, that kind of wraps up our look at, at the DSC social media microscope. You know, before we wrap this. Okay. Tell me what you like the most about Discovery. Let's. I want to end this on a positive note. I don't want this to be us complaining about complainers yep. the whole hour. Tell me the thing that you appreciate, love, admire the most about this new series. Let's 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 bring that there's, forward. There's a lot. Um, finding one thing, I don't know if I can measure it. I love that we have a story that is continuing, meaning it's an arc. It's a 15 episode arc for the series, and I loved that about Deep Space Nine. And they are taking it to a new level with Discovery. The characters in the show have depth. They have amazing qualities, and the cast that are performing these characters is absolutely amazing. Um, I could go on about other things. I love the technology that we live in today so that we can see special effects the way that we see them now. Um, it is cinematic uh, in scope in terms of the special effects, and, 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 but it all comes down. Uh, Vic Mignogna says this about Star Trek Continues. Story, story, story. And the stories that we have seen so far in the eight episodes that have been out are awesome stories. And they have depth. They have meaning. They have repercussions. And that, I think, may be the thing that I like most about the show. I think that's a really great point. I um, If I had to pick one thing, 
And I, this is an easy call for me. With all the great things that I appreciate about this series, the thing that I love the most is this cast. Mm. I will stack this cast right up there yep. with all of the other series because they get it. Mm-hmm. They understand what Star Trek means to Star Trek fans. Yes. And I'm not saying they, they understand Gene's vision. I'm not saying they, uh, you know, any of these buzzword bingo things. I'm not saying anything other than they get what this means in pop culture. They mm-hmm. get what this means to the people who live this every day, who love this every day, to the people like us who have things about it tattooed on their bodies or devote significant amounts of their personal time right. to creative endeavors like podcasting mm-hmm. or fan fiction yeah. or artwork or you name it. They get why this thing is so special. Yeah. And that's what I love the most about this. That's what I wish that people could take away from all this, that the people involved, whether it's the cast or the creatives or the behind the scenes people, love this thing. Yep. And now they are the stewards of this thing. Mm-hmm. And I, they are doing so right by us. They really are. They really are. And you can see it on their faces. When we were in Hollywood a few weeks ago. Du- oh, wait a minute. We? Sorry. Oh, you jerk. <laughs> but in I seri- hate you. <laughs> seriously. One of the things that I absolutely will never forget ever was when I talked to Mr. Doug Jones one-on-one for a few minutes when we were in Hollywood. And as he was walking away, I tapped him on the shoulder and I held out my hand and said, Mr. Jones, I just want to thank you for what you were doing and for this amazing adventure that you were about to take us all on. I love it and I love you for it. And you know what he did? He hugged me. Oh, wow. He hugged me for saying that. I think that's the first time you've told me that story. I, yeah. It, it was something I'll never forget. These people understand, and it means so much. And that's not taking away from any of the other casts of any of the other shows. These people get it. They know, and they appreciate what they are now a part of. They really do. You know, if if you're out there on social media – and it's driving you crazy, you know, do uh, the only thing I can suggest is do what we've done. Let it go. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just don't even, uh, don't bother engaging because th- honestly, that's what they want. You know, that's what the trolls want. Mm-hmm. Quite honestly. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of good discussion in Camp Kittimer, which at times does not always agree. Right. But it is always civil and respectful. That's, and there's, I have to key. say, I'm proud of the fact that there's none of this tripe in there. Yes. You know, um, there are people in there who comment and talk about the episodes who don't mm-hmm. like Star Trek Discovery. Yep. And that's fine. Right. We're not telling people they have to like it. Right. But come on, at right. least uh, at least be honest about it and give it a shot. That's, that's all, all, that's all I'm saying. That's all you can do, man. Dan, the other thing that we want people to, be, to give a shot, all of the music of Five Year Mission. Wow. We cannot thank those guys enough, truly, because... We use their songs every single week in both of our podcasts, both Trek Geeks and Discovering Trek, and it's because they are totally cool with us doing it, and we are grateful to them for every last note. We want everyone to head on over to fiveyearmission.net, get all their albums. In fact, if you're on social media, don't bother engaging on Discovery. Tweet to Creation Entertainment, post to Creation Entertainment that you want Five Year Mission back as the house band at Star Trek Las Vegas this coming August. Please, as a favor to us. I'll go. I'll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. But um, 
And then after you do that, check out their music because we guarantee you're going to be a fan. We guarantee you're going to love it. And of course, they are working, wrapping up their brand new album, Year Four, yes. at, probably as we record this. Yeah. Because any, anytime. Anytime. It could be, could be tomorrow. I would love that. I'd be very happy to see if it was tomorrow. I bet you would. You know, they are amazing, Bill. I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, their influence can actually be felt across the galaxy. As a matter of fact, did you know that? I did not. Um, you know, just recently I was watching the latest episode of Star Trek Continues. And truth be told, I was not surprised to see that the band and specific members of the band's popularity and musical genius has made it all the way to the Romulan Star Empire. No, I am not even joking. Shut I mean, your mouth. I, I, no, I was, really sh- shut your mouth. Oh, okay. No, I'm going to continue okay. because it's important. You know, when the Romulan commander's vessel decloaked in front of the Enterprise and we saw what it was, the IRW Farks Talon showing up to assist the Enterprise with the Espers. It was a beautiful thing. And I hope that Five Year Mission understands that they have they have reached out that far. Yeah. Did you take a picture? Uh, as I did last week, I took a selfie of myself at the moment you revealed the Farkism. <laughs> and um, I've got – I'll tweet it out on Tuesday. Okay. Um, <laughs> After you recover? Yeah. I don't know if I can recover from this one. <laughs> I don't know what's worse. The fact that Star Trek continues is drawing to a close or the fact that you've now created a Farkism for it. <laughs> I might have to start going <laughs> – No. No. You might not. No. <laughs> No. Okay. Um, sorry, Vic. Yeah. How about sorry, Fark? No. He <laughs> loves them. How about sorry, listeners? Yeah. No, they love them too. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, of course, we want everyone to subscribe to the Trek Geeks podcast. You know what, Dan, it's so simple to do. If you're listening to this on the web or through Facebook or maybe even on YouTube, because we do publish the podcast there, you can get this podcast downloaded automatically on your favorite mobile device. And it's so simple. Head on over to subscribe.trekgeeks.com. There you can get the podcast on your iPhone, your iPod, your Android device, your uh, your various MP3 players, maybe your Windows phone if you still have one of those kicking around. Blackberry. Blackberry? Is there still Blackberry? I don't even know. Uh, Dan's <laughs> going to put it on his Microsoft Zoom. I'm sure that'll go over well. But uh, yeah, subscribe.trekgeeks.com. Load that thing up and enjoy some great discussion. Dan, next week... Next week. Next week. Yes. We got a big one, and um, <laughs> it's it's one that, that we've been meaning to get to for a while. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm glad we're getting to it because the 30th anniversary of The Next Generation is rapidly coming to a close. There's only a couple months left in wow, the year. it really is. Yeah. So um, next week, we are going to take a look at where it all began, my friend. We are going to deep dive into some giant jellyfishes with Encounter at Farpoint. Great joy and gratitude. Death, yes. Great joy. <laughs> That's next And week. gratitude. On an all-new Trek Geeks, your independent Star Trek podcast. Great joy. <laughs> Dan, of course, for more great Star Trek discussions, we want everyone to check out the Tricorder Transmissions online at thetricordertransmissions.com. You know, they have... They've got they've got a ton of shows. Oh, 1,700 or something. Uh, 1,701. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in addition to, you know, their, their flagship show... You know, they, they've, uh, they've got the Drawing Trek, their Gold Key series. They've got Disco Trek, their Star Trek Discovery After Party podcast. They've got a, a Tavacron. They've got Trek Ranks. 
hosted by our, our good friend Enterprise Extra, Jim Morehouse. No wrong answers. No, no, hashtag no wrong answers. Uh-huh. And soon to launch, um, I hope I'm saying it right, dear, dear Lord, uh, Politrex. Ooh. A look at uh, politics through the lens of Star Trek. Uh, yeah, which I'm uh, very excited about. You know, that's going to be awesome. Is that Barry's? What's that? Is that Barry's? That is. That is. That's awesome. The podcast that our friend Barry DeFord is going to be co-hosting over the Tricorder Transmission. So we're very excited for that. We love everyone over at Tricorder. So please head on over to tricordertransmissions.com. Check out their shows. We guarantee they have something you're going to love. And then, of course, for all the news on all the Star Treks, please visit our great friends at treknews.net. Online at treknews.net. For now, this has been episode 119 of the Trek Geeks podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper. So, um, I, I gotta say, dude, I, I really had fun recording with you in person. So, yeah, coconut. Wow. Right. Talk about your hostage tape. Mm-hmm. Um, Can we wrap it up, please? Whoa, you got somewhere to be? Not, not with you. Wow. I can't wait to commute with you every day. Coconut! <laughs> Hey, buddy. No bing bong when we're in person? Sorry. Bing bong. Oh, yeah, we're in person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're, we're in person. You, you don't really have to do that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, buddy. How are you? Good. Wow. This is kind of fun. I, no. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> hey, so, you know, it's funny. I was listening to the podcast this week because I do. No, you don't. <laughs> you said you're such a liar. And I have no idea why I kept calling Dr. Daner Dr. Dennehy. I didn't either. <laughs> I mean, the fact that we didn't get an avalanche of emails is really quite amazing to me. But. I felt quite silly, and I apologize to uh, to Doctor Danner. He <laughs> exactly. So uh, you're an idiot. Yeah. So hey, you know what? Before we get started, you know, I was at Disney a couple months ago. Yeah, during the uh, hurricane. Exactly. Storms just follow you now, and they do. And I finally got took me five days, but got power back. This time it's personal, and we have dogs barking upstairs. That's always fun. I don't think they'll hear that. Okay, good. Uh, I got you a little something from Disney, so you might as well open it here. It's not Star Trek related. Oh, well, but and from Disney, I wouldn't expect it would be. No, no, because, you know, you know, it's Disney. It's not Star Wars related either. <laughs> but you know what? Since, you know, we're going to be commuting together and such, and we might need coffee uh, from time to time. By the way, you let the cat out of the bag on that in the most really sublime way in the I, outtake last week. I did. I know that. <laughs> People are like, you guys are going to be commuting together? <laughs> I'm like, oh, don't remind me. <laughs> exactly. At least the first week we won't be. Ooh, it's a mug. Yes. Oh, that's very cool. Yes. It's a Disney World mug. It's got this really nice, uh, ooh, sort of etched sort of wizard Mickey or uh, Fantasia Mickey with the inside a D with some magic going on. On the other side it says Walt Disney World 2017. I yeah. love it, buddy. Thank you. The way you. I think of it is you can think of the D kind of as Dan instead of Disney. How about that? Oh, damn. <laughs> Can I think of it as oh damn? I would. You can think of it any way you want. I Enjoy will. it. I will. Thank you. I like this mug. This is fantastic. Yeah, Thank very you. Nice. You're very welcome. I um. So yeah, we're of course. So we don't st- start commuting together until after I get back from uh, vacation. From vacation, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah, first week it'll just be me. 
Yeah, that's all right. That's good. I'm okay with that. I'm very, I'm very okay with that. How about you? Then it's going to be going straight down the tubes. Face. <laughs> this is kind of cool. Like you said on Facebook, it's only the second time we've done this face to face. Yeah, and in this location, which it's is very your sister's room. basement. Yeah. Yep. It's it's a little scary down here. And last time we gave each other gifts, and okay. I didn't bring anything for you. You're my gift. Whoa. I actually do have uh, something for you, which you'll get on your first day at work. Oh, all right. Excellent. I can't wait. The little cube thing. Oh, uh, you got me a Rubik's? Uh, yeah, not Borg, that's for sure. <laughs> Can you imagine that product crossover, the Borg Rubik's Cube? Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be fantastic? That would be very cool. Let's talk to the writer's room. Well, no, let's talk to CBS <laughs> Marketing. Let's get this going on. The Borg Rubik's Cube. Resistance is futile. That's fantastic. Resistance is puzzling. Oh. Oh, my. Oh, I why like am that. I not? Where, I see, I've been watching a lot of Mad Men recently. Yeah. I feel like I could sell just about anything right now. You know, as much I, of a I, Lothario as Don Draper is, um, is scumbag, but man, he's great at what he does. Is he? Advertising-wise. I've never seen the show. That's fantastic. Yeah, I've never watched it's it. It's one of my favorites. I think after Orphan, Orphan Black, I might take a take a swing at it, see how it is. A lot of, some people don't like it because they think it's painfully slow. I, I adore Mad Men, simply because of the whole 60s vibe. Yes. I mean, it does bring to light some horrible things about society back then. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I get that. I yeah. mean, um... I don't love it for that reason. I love it because it, it reminds me so much of the world I grew up in in the 70s, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It does. It makes perfect sense. I like your face. Wow. But, well, that took a turn. I don't like sitting this close to you. It really is bothersome. Um, I, there's only, you can only be next to greatness for so long, right? When is greatness coming, <laughs> is it, point? Because that would be fantastic. I would love to see some greatness walk through the door. Wow. Maybe like a... Doug Jones, uh, Avery oh, Brooks. Doug Jones. Um, Doug Jones. You know, uh, as, as we record yeah, I'm, this. I'm going through greatness. I, I Patrick know. Stewart. I, th- there's so much greatness. Um, it's a Doug Terry Jones. Terry Farrell. Oh, Terry Farrell. Nana. Na- I would love it if Nana came through that door. She is greatness. She is great. You know who else is greatness? Oh, boy. The other night on H&I. Wait, wait this is not time for a farkism. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're going to make one up right now, this is not time for a farkism. It was the first Susie Plaxton episode on uh, H&I the other night. Your favorite. <laughs> She had more wardrobe changes in that episode than anyone I've ever seen in Star Trek. I'm sorry. <laughs> you mean the second Susie Plaxon episode? No, it was the first one. No. Of As Kalar. Thank you. Sorry. My apologies. Wow. I wasn't talking Salar. You said the first Susie Plaxon episode. I am aware. Episode. I should have said it the way I wanted to say it. Okay, but... okay Dr. Dennehy. <laughs> you almost spit water all over his laptop. <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, it was. Uh, it was. I forgot it. Sue hadn't seen it in a long time, and it was. It was a good episode. The the skull uh, exercise. Uh, the Skeletor. Guy. Yeah, yeah. That guy's awesome. He gets cut in half. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I keep calling him Skeletor. I'm sure I'm, I'm colluding some brands there. <laughs> Skeletor. I have the power. Finally. Oh my god. You have no power. Okay. You were powerless. I will say. I hope nobody has to go through five days. I can only imagine what the four, the poor folks in Puerto Rico are going through. Oh, I was only I, down I for five days, it. and it was like awful. Like what? <laughs> it was terrible. You're it, terrible. I, uh, I felt like dancing when the power came on Friday morning. I was outside raking leaves, and I came inside to get my phone so I could start my truck up and charge my phone. And as I was inside, the lights clicked on twice and then stayed on, and I was just elated. <laughs> Did you did you like do a touchdown dance? Did you look rock something like your enterprise? No, I don't do that anymore because one person already did it, and what's the point of doing it again? Wow. Yeah. Okay. You um, 
Uh, I guess, are you ready to do this, jerk? Suppose so. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>